104, The Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Ted Ramey, who covers the San Jose Sharks for the Morning Tide podcast about the start of the 2021-2022 San Jose Sharks season. After missing the playoffs the last couple of seasons, the Sharks have some new faces on the roster. They were aggressive in both the trade market and on free agency, and they will look to get back to prominence and hopefully compete for the Stanley Cup playoffs out of the Western Conference this season. All things we can talk about with Ted Ramey, who joins me next. Today is Monday, October 11th. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Ted Ramey. He's the host of the Morning Tide podcast for the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks get going next week, or about, what are we, about eight days away now, Ted? A little over a week from the start of Sharks hockey. October 16th, I guess, would be the official date against Winnipeg. Ted, what's going on, man? How are you? Copes, man, yes. I love your good math on 8 plus 8 equals 16. We're getting to the start of it, man. I'm stoked just because... You know, this time last year, it was, you know, the Sharks were not happening. They Like, I've been doing all these division preview shows, and I was like, didn't I just interview you in January for last year? Like, so things have been weird as they have across all sports, and this is much more close to a normal type season, although there's still some restrictions, obviously. But yeah, man, I'm stoked. Uh, this is great. It's just, it's not having my fall of, of hockey last year was uh, was not good because, you know, Cubs to go big, big picture. I usually have the Sharks as a distraction after the pain of the A's. And, uh, you know, last year I didn't have that. So, yeah. At least the A's got through a, a division. I forgot about that, actually. I was looking at some baseball standing stuff from, from last year. I'd forgotten that they did the two out of three wild card series. So the A's actually yes. uh, yeah. had advanced into that division series last year after getting out of that that wild card series. But as far as the Sharks are concerned, it happens quick in sports, man, where windows open and windows close. And it seems like maybe in hockey and in, in basketball it happens faster than in other leagues. Where do the Sharks stand right now, man? You talk to some people. They'd say they may be one of the worst teams in the West this year. You talk to others. Don't think they'll be quite as bad. I'd imagine imagine they'll fall somewhere in between there. We can get into some of the specific players and positions in just a sec, but for the outlook of this season, where do the Sharks stack up in your mind? I think they are a team that has a lot to prove. I mean, they have not made the playoffs for the past two years. There's no getting around that. Of course, there have been factors like injuries, which have definitely played a role, but I think the big change for the Sharks this year and how they can maybe reinsert themselves into the playoff discussion is the changes they have made at the netminder and they don't no longer have Martin Jones who's been the guy since he came in for the 2015-2016 year and led the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final in their first year they've brought in James Reimer they've brought in Aiden Hill Reimer the established elder veteran on the you know towards the tail end of his career although he, I'm sure he would not classify it that way but he's in his mid 30s now and then you have Aiden Hill he's a much younger guy he's never been a full-time starter in the NHL but I think there's a lot of potential there and that's what the Sharks are looking to ride and if the Sharks can get a much cleaner season out of their goalies, I think that will go a long way in helping them fight their way into the picture. But like you said, I mean, reviews are mixed. I don't think anyone has them as a top contender right now. But I always say that when you have guys like Burns, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, you know, Mario Ferraro, who's developing into one of the better pure defensemen in the NHL as a really young guy in year number three, there's a lot to be excited about in terms of core players. Mark Edward Vlasic, another defenseman who I think was not at his best last year, but I think still has the potential to have some quality years. Obviously, you know, the big question mark at this point is Evander Kane, and I, you know, I don't know, so we'll see where that goes. But I think that there is a core of players that the Sharks can certainly build upon to try and reinsert themselves into that playoff picture. 
Yeah, you mentioned Vlasic and you mentioned the netminder and, and what the goalies are going to bring and trying to find more depth there, as you mentioned, with Aiden Hill and with James Reimer coming in. I'm wondering about uh, the other defenseman. Brent Burns, he's 36 years old now. Eric Carlson signed an eight-year deal. Vlasic, as you mentioned, uh, sort of, I'd say, on, on the back nine of his career, right? 34 years old, uh, uh, NHL career low, six points, one goal, five assists last year for Vlasic. Uh, what do you make of the defense team and how much do these three guys have left? I think they have a lot left, actually, because Brent Burns is always in phenomenal shape, and he looks great and like he's having a good time in camp so far. And I think that as Sharks fans, as Sharks media, as Sharks awareness the last you know 15 years, there was a Stanley Cup or bust mentality. And I think for a lot of these guys that were used to competing for Stanley Cups, that when they got out of it, there was, I'm not going to say a defeatist mentality, but it felt very early on the last two years like an uphill battle, and they could see things weren't trending in the right direction. I think it weighed heavily on a lot of those guys. And I think that for those guys to be as engaged, it's got to feel like you're fighting for something. And when you're getting down early in games and you're getting down the division race and injuries stack up, I'm not going to say the motivation or the effort wasn't there. It just felt like there was heaviness. And I think that impacted their performance because I'm never going to question the effort, any of those guys, but I think there was a lot hanging over the team And I think that this year with a little bit more of a renewed aspect of now you're getting into a normal year and now you're getting into a place where you feel like you're maybe cleaning up some of the problems that were there with the netminder and you can try and make something happen again. I think that's going to do a lot to reinvigorate these guys. And I think that's a big part of what it takes with those guys to maximize their game, because I think that you can get into that sense where when things go wrong, it piles on and it's just, it's a weight on their shoulders. And I do feel the mentality I've seen at camp this year and the mentality I've seen in the games. It seems like there's just a little bit more fun out there on the ice. And maybe they feel like, Hey, the expectations aren't as high as they were previously, whenever year it was Stanley cup or bust, but maybe now that's a turning point to where they can play with a little more fun and freedom than what it had been in the past. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Obviously, you're not going to turn over the entire roster. And even if you go into a little bit of a rebuild here, is there something to maybe having a bit of a culture change, keeping some of those those defensemen around? You're talking about Burns, obviously a veteran, Carlson here for the long haul. But we talked about bringing in the two goaltenders and Aiden Hill and, and Reimer, who they decided to go outside of the building. They did the exact same thing at the forward position. Nick Bonino comes in, Andrew Cogliano comes in, signed on the same day. Guys with Stanley Cup playoff and Stanley Cup final pedigrees, guys who, uh, who have been around the league for some time is this a move here to sort of change culture is it to add some toughness some veteran presence some preparedness what do these uh these forwards bring to the table as far as moving into the next wave and trying to get back to the stanley cup playoffs after two years of missing it they're veteran established guys like you alluded to and they're character guys you know i've had brief interactions with them up to this point but they seem like great dudes you know Reimer and hill who are you know outside of the uh the forward circle obviously but Everybody they brought in seems like a great dude. And that's a big thing that they've been trying to do is rebuild the culture. Because I think that when you have Jumbo departing and the year before that, you have Joe Pavelski departing. I think that did a lot to take away from that veteran leadership. And that's not a knock on Logan Couture because he is a true leader and the true captain of the Sharks. But there was a greater support structure. And I think that you've been trying to build upon that. And maybe that wasn't there. And maybe that was one of the reasons why the uphill battle was that much harder to climb because you were looking at younger players like Timo Meyer, like Kevin LeBanc to maybe handle too much. And maybe they weren't ready for that. And again, that's not a knock on them. It's just, it's very hard to replace personalities like Jumbo 
and paths. And I think that's definitely something they've been trying to fill that void. And that's what Cagliano and Bonino fill. And what's interesting about Bonino is he was drafted by the Sharks back in 2007, but they traded his rights away. And obviously he was on that Pittsburgh Penguins winning team that beat the Sharks in the 2016 Stanley Cup final. And, you know, he finds himself full circle back in San Jose where he was drafted initially. It'll be interesting, but character guys is the strongest way to describe beyond their obvious ability on the ice is these are good dudes who are going to go a long way to try and bring more veteran leadership and more of just the culture of winning back to San Jose and kind of show these younger guys like this is what it takes in the NHL. And I think last year the Sharks were pretty much just shorthanded. They had a top six and beyond that, you know, it got a lot more inconsistent. And I think they talked about it in the offseason. They wanted to do more to have depth across the lines. And I think they're in a position now to do that. So it'll be very, it'll be very interesting to see how this works out. And I, you know, I think you have a feel like there's just a little bit more of lightness out there and guys are looking pretty happy and excited. And I couldn't see training camp last year, but also think about it. The sharks were the lone team in the league who had to have their training camp outside of their home base. They were in Arizona and they had to start off with, I believe 12 or 13 games on the road. No other team in the NHL had to do that. And the fact that the Sharks came home pretty much at 500 after that was a remarkable feat in and of itself. But they had a lot stacked on them and they did their best to try and maintain. And really for, you know, two thirds of the season, they were in the hunt for one of the final playoff spots in the then uh, West Division, the Honda West Division, as it was called last year. And then it kind of tapered off towards the end. But they they had a lot to deal with, and I think bringing in these veterans is going to help them deal with these battles a little bit differently this year. It's so funny because it's not you, but these you know executives, I guess, in every sport, you sort of talk out of both sides of your mouth when it's time for a rebuild like this because you end up with having to change culture. You talk about the the exiting players in Jumbo uh, and in Pavelski, and you need to to sort of change the culture and bring back some leadership. But then you talk about bringing in good character guys. Then you turn around and you say, well, one of our best players, Tomas Hurdle, is in the final year of a four year contract, age wise. 27 years old he's in the prime of his career and you may have to move him because if you're not going to make the playoffs and if you're not going to take some big step to be competitive this year probably in their best interest to get something for him rather than lose him in free agency how do you look at that situation right now I know he's mentioned in the last month or so he doesn't know if the Sharks will resign him and I think he said something along the lines of I don't know if I'll want to be resigned or want to stay here so how do you look at that situation with Hurdle and in your mind is he on the roster on the final day of the season you know, I, I would imagine he would be, but it's a lot to try and figure out. It's a lot to unpack there. I think that's going to be one of the hard decisions that Doug Wilson's going to be making. I would imagine that Doug Wilson probably wants to keep him around because I think that if you get a little bit of a return to form from some of the guys like Eric Carlson um, in particular, then the dynamic for the team can change pretty quickly because I think that's guys not playing up to their level uh, for injury, for COVID, for whatever reason it's been has been a part of the dynamic. I mean, Logan Couture was banged up last year. You know, Tomas Hurdle was coming off of a knee injury and got COVID and wasn't at his level. I mean, Eric Carlson came into the year healthy, but then had the groin injury in the early goings and wasn't quite at his self. But Eric Carlson's a guy that looks really healthy and he looks in tremendous shape right now. And I think Logan Couture looks like he's, he's in tremendous shape. Everybody kind of got the message that they needed to come in ready to hit the ice at a furious level because the last year before the pandemic, 2019, 2020, which was shortened early, you know, they were kind of banged up off the deep run into the postseason the year before, and they got off to a slow start and things were really weird last year with the January training camp. And I think that, 
you know, if the Sharks get guys to play at their level and Tomas Hurdle is also playing like he's capable of playing and not dealing, because he had a bad case of COVID last year, which I think, you know, reduced his impact on the season. He was very symptomatic and was pretty sick from the way we, we heard it, you know, not to the extent of other people, he's a professional athlete and, you know, was able to get over it, obviously, and come back. But I think it took him a little bit of time and this is all part of the dynamic. So I think that if the Sharks are in a place where they want to be, then I think that it's going to be pretty clear they're going to try and re-sign him and maybe during the season. If they're not, if things go south again, I mean, you have to start asking those questions about what's best for the team in the long term and what type of value they could be. Obviously, this is just me speculating because, you know, I always joke that, uh, you know, guys that are associated with the broadcast party for the team, that's not who the the GM doesn't come up and say, hey, you with the loudest voice, let me tell you our deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets and plans. You know how sports are. It's it's a business where you think to yourself, okay, things aren't going right right now. What sort of value can we get in return versus the reality of the Bay Area where you've got to be good. I mean, that's how it comes down to it. It's like, yeah, there is value in draft picks and prospects, but in the Bay Area, you're competing with the Giants and the 49ers and the A's and the Earthquakes and you know, the Warriors. And if you're not good, then people are going to spend their money elsewhere. The 49ers, I, I always say this, they built a brand new stadium and started it year one after going to three straight NFC Championship games in a Super Bowl. And then the year after that, it was empty. The Giants won three World Series in five years. Then in 2016, the park was kind of empty. And it's like the Bay Area, you've got competition. It's not just sports copes. It's the museums. It's the concerts. It's the restaurants. Your entertainment dollar is constantly being fought for. So that's part of the dynamic. The Sharks know that they've got to be a compelling competitive team. I'm a little disappointed you did not bring up the San Jose Earthquakes in any of that uh, any of that oh, competition. Oh, did you the Earthquakes? Oh, did you? Did I, I, did I earth- miss yeah. that when yeah. you were talking? Sorry, I said, I thought you yeah. didn't mention the Quakes. And talking no, about I all did. the great places you can go have a beer in the Bay Area, uh, one right. of the all-time greats, just get out there and watch the Quakes and maybe pop in KMBR 1050 in your ears and listen to Ted Ramey on the call. There you go. While you're, uh, while you you're go. watching Dude, that I love, love the plug. Hey, hey, i got to get it in for you, man. I'm not going to not leave that off of this podcast here. Give me one young player this season, Ted, that you've been keeping an eye on or that you think could, could help spark this club because we're talking about the changing culture. Culture. We're talking about the veterans that have been brought in. Who's one young guy you've had your eye on? You know, you can look at the up and coming who it looks like he's going to break camp with the team. William Eklund, Sharks seventh overall draft pick in this or seventh overall pick in the draft made by the Sharks. I should say he is exciting. Every time he touches the puck in the preseason, you feel like something's going to happen. And he's 18, about to turn 19. He could be an option. He's been scoring points on the power play in the preseason. He's not a big dude. He's only 172 pounds. They're saying Um, but literally 140 of those pounds are in his legs. He's got tree trunks. And as he gets bigger into his body and gets older, I think we're looking at a special player here. And I think that's, that could, that could be your, your pick. Great time talking to you today, man. Always fun when we can catch up. And uh, we'll talk some uh, some earthquakes soon, man. We'll talk some earthquakes. And maybe when we get into the, uh, into the winter time, into the winter meetings, we'll kick it around with some A's too, man. Great talking to you. Always a pleasure, Copes. You can hit me up anytime. Keep up the great work yourself. And make sure to give uh, B. Smith a hard time. Always. Always and forever, Ted. Thanks a lot, man. Peace. Great stuff from Ted Ramey. Uh, yeah, make sure you listen to him. He does the Soccer Hour, of course, on KNBR. You can hear him on the Morning Tide doing Sharks coverage all season long and also the voice of the San Jose Earthquakes. Great stuff with the Sharks getting going this Saturday against Winnipeg. 
Thank you to Ted. Thank you to Brian, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. Game three of the National League Division Series goes down tonight. We will have plenty to talk about on Wednesday. We can also turn our sights back to the NFL as well as Warrior Basketball, which gets going next week. Plenty to talk about in the days and weeks ahead. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.